Scary Stories from Under the Stairs podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Brielle. And we are mother-daughter team who's about to spurlunk our way into oh. spurlunk? Spurlunking? Cave no. diving? No. Cave searching? Reading. Reading? Investigating? Yeah. Caving. Spurlunking is when you investigate caves. Are you ready to spurlunk with me? Why does it say part one? Oh, because I printed them. It's not, it's not that. I printed them off in sections. I promise. I this is a one-parter episode. One done. So, if I said mummies, rivers, and caverns, what do you think of? Pyramids? Well, we're not going there. We're staying right here in the United States. So, not deer. Europe? Egypt, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I meant to say, like, not like... Egypt's not in Europe. No, it's in Africa. <laughs> Didn't you just do your big, like, geography test where you had to, like, outline everything? No, that's coming up now. Oh. Know any of my countries in Africa except for Chad. <laughs> Chad. Okay, so... We love, love Chad. We're going to Kentucky. Of course we are. To the Mammoth Caves. KFC? I'm sure they Karen have that. Fighting Center? Yeah, no. <laughs> oh my Kentucky gosh. Fried, Kentucky Fried Chicken? Yeah, that's where it's from. I mean, I don't think it's from in, in the cave, but... <laughs> um, Wait, but Kentucky Fried Chicken is actually from Kentucky? Yeah. Oh, I just thought they could into that because it sounded right. Well, I mean... That's what a lot of people do. Okay, well, this is located in Kentucky. It's located inside the Mammoth Cave National Park, obviously. And uh, the park was established in 1941, but has a rich history that is much older than that. Uh-oh. Much older. Like, how much older? Like, a lot older. Millions Sorry of years. Sorry about my paper shuffling. Millions of years? I mean, I guess so. Um, do you want to read any of the facts? So you're going to start here. <clears throat> the park itself above ground is just over 52,000 acres. And the cave system is for 400 miles. But that is totally just an estimate. 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 Okay, yeah. I was, it was, <laughs> as there's much of a system that isn't even mapped out. So that's, just, so that's just what we have mapped currently. And more miles are added each every year. Currently, there are five levels to the system. And the top... And the top to bottom is about 30 stories. Jeez. So like a skyscraper. Dang. There are 10 miles of the 400 mile map that are available to the public. That doesn't make sense. There are 10 miles. Well, they're probably dangerous. So like only 10 are available to like tour. Oh. Which I totally want to go do. You want to do that? Yeah. Like dad would you that I want to do the one where you actually do it with like the lantern and you put on like the gear and you go they like hook you up to like the ropes and stuff and you like climb through like the little caverns and all that stuff that's what spurlunking is mm-hmm. I would like doing that well, I feel like I'd just be scared of scratching my fingers against the rock and stuff and like the rock pieces going under my nails 
under your nails. It's very oddly specific. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> like I said, the system is extremely old. I definitely wrote that and definitely said that. <laughs> um, they have dated it as far back as 10 million years old. Oh, no. I hear pepper. Yeah, <laughs> and again, there are more deeper parts of a cave that we haven't even touched yet, so it could even be older. It kind of sounds like the ocean. We've only yeah, like they're of like it. it just keeps going. Like we don't really know where it stops. <laughs> Probably doesn't end. I bet you it goes from Kentucky all the way to Egypt. <laughs> Maybe. And they say that people were in the cave as early or as far back, however you put that, at about four thousand years ago. In fact, they have found four mummified bodies. Ooh. Like, mummies? Yeah. So, Kentucky? <laughs> what you hiding? Well, they get weirder, so. In the cave to this date. All right. So, like, that's what they found so far. They, they expect that there's more somewhere in Ooh. there. Along with many other Native American burial. 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 Yeah. Areas. At least I didn't say pavilion. Within <laughs> the cave system. And around it outside of the cave. The cave has various drawings of these earlier groups who used the cave as a place of remembrance. They have also found pieces of charred, charred, charred. charred wood, wooden torches. Like from all the way back then, like little shards and they like carbon dated them and they were that old. The four mummies found were perfectly pres- preserved. It's like, I know these words, just like when we go to film. Avalon. <laughs> when we go to record them i know i'm just like i don't know and we're brought out of a cave as early as the 1800s right yep yes the atmosphere inside the cave made it a perfect climate to preserve the bodies these are not in year order okay these are not in year order we are just going over them all right so now we're gonna get into the mummies yes number one lost john he was found in 1925, presumed to be a gypsum. Gypsum. Yeah, I had to look that up. I was like, what <laughs> is gypsum? So I wrote it there. So like a can... gypsy? Nope. <laughs> That's not... I was like, I don't know what that is. Is it referring to the person or what he's getting? So I had to look it up. What does it mean? It's right here. Okay, oh. so in 1925, presumed to be a gypsum miner from 2,000 years ago, around 445 BC is when he would have been there. Um, gypsum, by the way, is a soft sol- um, soft sulfate material that is used in food additives, fertilizers, sculpture, products, and pharmaceuticals, and many other things. I would have never been able to read, read that word. Pharmaceuticals? Pharmaceuticals. 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 <laughs> uh, so his body was found about three miles from the entrance of the cave. Unfortunately for Lost John, he was mining and disturbed some of the small rocks and rubble underneath, and a large boulder came down, crushing him. Indiana Jones. That's like when yeah. he just <laughs> <Yep>. slipped. <laughs> um, leaving him there to be preserved by the cave. His body was put on display in a case that was in the that was like in the mine, yeah. which later would become a tourist attraction. The whole thing um, until the nineteen uh, seventies. That's a, I mean, this poor dude. Yeah. And he was eventually buried and put to rest in an unknown location within the cave. Yep. And coming up next is mummy number two, little Alice. Um, I thought you were reading that. 
Oh, do you want me to read it? Yes. Oh, sorry. Mummy number two, Little Alice. I'm just reading the mummies all. Oh, okay. Now, I, um, I couldn't find a lot on Little Alice, uh, but she has had some odd things about her, too. As it was said that she's only about three and a half feet tall. So, small body, like, I think, like, Ren's size. Yeah. But they said, or maybe about yours, they said about closer to, like, a nine-year-old size. So at the like, at the most, kind of like our cousin Sutton. Yeah, but her face was really mature, like like she was like a little person. Oh, I think, or that's what they. I mean, it's hard to tell. Um, it said that it's um, aged to be three thousand to four thousand years old. Uh, though the mummy is named Alice because they believed when finding the mummy that it was a girl, it's also very likely it could be a boy who had not reached puberty yet. So I remember it's like mummified, so it's all like tucked in. They can't like open it, so they can't see. Yeah, it's parts. <laughs> um, that little Alice mummy was found um, at about nine thousand feet down, deep down into the cave, and the um, body had artifacts around it and stuff. So obviously, either people came afterwards to see it or was buried with it. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, um, they were unable to determine the culture of these of. Uh, these artifacts that were left behind but they were well made and advanced like for the time yeah so that's where they were kind of like maybe they were brought later they're not sure like this mummy was um two was eventually given a proper resting place within the cave system and it that is also unknown they just they didn't want anybody to know so they just took it in and they've buried oh. it somewhere so mummy number, mummy number three scooters Mummy. I don't know if it's scooters or it's, scudders. I know. I think it might be scudders. Scudders. Scooters, and I, mummy, or scudders, mummy. And I'm assuming it, it must be the person who found it. I'm not sure because yeah. the name doesn't make any sense. Um, but this one's a bit weird, too. This mummy had dark red hair, which is odd, light skin, and clear skin, it said. Like, no imperfections. Whoa. Perfect teeth. And the mummy was wrapped in a deer skin and was buried under nine feet of earth in a passage in the cave. Um, the other weird thing was the clothing this mummy was wearing was is nothing like what we would have in like our Native American cultures or ancient Americas. Yeah. Um, this was actually something that someone would have worn in like the Fiji Islands. Weird. Yeah. So I don't, and I don't know how old this one was. Um, or if they even could figure it out, but I'm like, maybe it was a traveler or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm, that seems odd. Yeah. And mummy number four is deer fawn hoof mummy. Yeah, I know. What a mouthful. Yeah. Um, this one was discovered in 1813. This was a woman who had short, dark hair and tan skin. She was six feet tall. Dang. Yeah, so the opposite of little Alice. <laughs> she was six feet tall and um, wrapped in decorated deer skin and like a linen cloth, too, close to her body. Her teeth and nails were perfect and she had makeup on. So they believe this was either like an offering or a woman of like high stand, like standing or something. Mm -hmm. uh, she was discovered in the sitting position. So, like, you can't see me, but, like, you know, crisscross applesauce with your knees tucked up. Yeah. Uh, where, did I, where did I leave? Oh, inside, um, it was, she was inside of a crypt that was built, and it had a, a large rock slab over the top to, like, keep it safe so, like, debris couldn't fall on her. But she was deep down under the passage. Um, unfortunately, she was not buried back inside the caves like the rest. And she had actually been paraded around the world. 
and then finally sent to the Smithsonian Museum to be studied. And guess what? Hmm. They lost it. They lost her. They don't know. They don't know what happened. She's gone. Whoops. That's sad. Sorry about your mummy. Okay, so now, Brielle, this is your your favorite part. Timeline. It's a quick one, but it's the Mammoth Cave timeline. So buckle in. I'll let you read some of the ghost stories. Yeah. All right. So we'll start with a little quick timeline about it. So that way when we go through the ghost stories, you know what we're talking about. Brielle's zoning out. Yep. <laughs> okay. 1797. I think you pronounce it. Houchin? Houchin? Family. Um, they lived on the property properties i should say surrounding where the caves sit now um and they stumbled upon the cave opening when they were bear hunting um they had other entrances on the on their properties but they didn't connect that this was all one cave system yeah because you have to go like deep in to like understand that it is uh 1798 the land was surveyed by valentine valentine simons simmons huh valentine like the day, <laughs> who began using the cave to mine saltpeter, which was used in gunpowder, uh, which was very useful because we were approaching uh, the War of 1812 when we could no longer trade outside of our countries because of an embargo act, so we needed it. Uh, July of 1812, the cave was then purchased by Charles Wilkins and Hyman Gratz uh, to mine calcium nitrate. And this is where it becomes important. They brought a slave labor force of at least 70 people. And they harvested the soil from within the cave and extracted what was needed out of that to get their calcium nitrate. I'm not getting into the science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so by 1838, uh, the need for the materials for war were much less than before. So they uh, started to center their efforts towards tourism, especially since they had a mummy on hand, you know, to draw in the center um, of the public. So Franklin Gorin uh, bought the rights and the slaves that were brought into the mine to mine. So and they started official tours of the caves using the slaves as guides and workers for the business. This is where we start our Black History Month hand claps. Because I'm going to talk to you about Stephen Bishop, Madison Bransford, and Nick Bransford, who were all trained as the main guides for the tours. But this is mostly about Stephen Bishop and all of what he's done for... The cave? The caves, yep. Uh, so by 1839, though, uh, tuberculosis was on the rise, and people were looking for any type of treatment. So Dr. Crohan uh, purchased the Mammoth Cave and the slaves for $10,000. He continued the tours, um, but he began building a tuberculosis sanitarium. You're lucky I wrote this. <laughs> a sanitarium within the cave, which would include about 12 buildings. Wow. So remember, they're continuing the tours with the tuberculosis patients there. That's stupid. Well, you'll, <laughs> We'll talk about them in a little while. Uh, 1842, patients moved into the cave and lived there for six months until they all died or moved out, but mostly died. They, um, actually had what is called a corpse rack. So it was like a flat slab and where they would lay the dead out on it for the visitors to see as they walked by on their tour. Like, like five at a time, just like, Hey, here's our dead. And people are like, oh my gosh, ew. 
Like, it's super morbid. That's so gross. <laughs> People be freaky. Um, during this time, Stephen Bishop was now 21 years old, and he mapped out 10 miles of the cave system that had uh, he had, like, learned by heart from doing his own searching and doing the tours. And so he mapped it out onto paper to teach others how to do the tours. Stephen was also the first uh, known to cross the uh, bottomless pit. They, so they had, like, dropped a lantern down, and it went to the point where, like, they never heard it crash. They never saw the light again. They were, like, so they called it the bottomless pit. So we, they don't know how far down it goes. I really don't know. I, yeah, I know. I still don't think they know. Um, so he had to cross it, and he used only a, his lantern, ropes, and possibly a wooden ladder, like, suspended. So, like, he figured out how to suspend it and then, like, climbed his way across uh, he also discovered underground rivers that were named the River Styx and the River Echo, oh. which no one knew about until he found them. And these rivers had white fish that had no eyes. Like, that's how dark it was. They didn't need them because they have no light coming in to reflect. So, like, they didn't have to change colors to, like, hide or, like, do anything. They were just, like, this milky white color with no eyes. Again, like, people didn't know about these kinds of things. They were like, what? So, um, in 1844, Stephen Bishop's map was published. Remember, he's still a slave at this point. Um, and he was given full credit, even though he was a slave. And this map was used through the 1880s. In 1856, Stephen Bishop and his wife, Charlotte, were emancipated, so they were made free. But then in 1861, the Civil War was happening. Literally all around where the cave was happening. And guess what? Just like the tuberculosis... They just kept doing tours. They're like, hey, come on in. Don't worry about the cannon fire back there. It's fine. <laughs> we got tours. <laughs> um, there are 41 confirmed signatures and pictures created uh, by both Union and Confederate officers. Uh, I don't write specifically real officers. By soldiers uh, within the El Gore Passage and the caves and, and many other places. Uh, they said there is actually a total of 10,000 markings left um, during that time period. But only 41 can actually be, like, confirmed with, like, that's a name. We found his regiment. We found, like, that he would be yeah. here. Like, that's a confirmed person. But you have to remember a lot of people back then couldn't read and write properly. So it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of them probably are, like, just conditions alone. But them themselves, like, weren't, like, legible enough to, like, yeah. write. So they just made their mark. I mean, why, wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. When you're there, you're like, yeah, me too. Squiggles. That's me. It's my name. Did it. <laughs> Um, and so now we're going to jump to 1908. So they just kept doing tours all the way up through the, through the war, doing their thing. Um, but 1908, German mining engineer Max Komper was on holiday after finishing his degree and came to the caves to visit and ended up staying and helping the current guide. So Stephen Bishop and all of that was left discovering more and more miles of the cave. And then Camper returned to Germany. And unfortunately, he was killed in action during the Battle of Somme in World War One. Sad. Yeah, I think that was nine. It was either nineteen sixteen or nineteen eighteen when he passed away. I can't remember. Uh, in nineteen twelve, uh, French cave explorer. I think. Would you pronounce this, Edward? Edward. Edward. <laughs> Alfred Martel visited the cave for three days, and just in his short visit, uh, he figured out that the Green River above controlled the Echo River below. Which, like, the Green River runs through, like, the whole, like, the out, like, not in the cave, but, like, out in the park. And, yeah. really? 
need to move that right now. Sorry. <laughs> uh, um, which controlled the water flow of the Echo River down on, in the lower layers of the cave, which was proven correct many years later. He also, I think like 60 years later type thing. And then he also said the caves were connected to the Salts Caves and the Colossal Cave, which are like down the bend type thing. And yes. again, it's correct. Like that's what keeps adding the miles is they're realizing all these little pockets of these caves that are all in that Kentucky area are actually all one giant game system. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool, actually. Um, in 1920, this is when the Kentucky Cave Wars happen. Um, again, tours continue and everyone wants in on the cave business because people are noticing that there are more and more entrances to the caves. And as more and more are being mapped and are connected they could all be making big money. I own it, so why not? So all the different landowners go to war on trying to be the best in the business, literally like like distracting people. People would be driving and like people would hop on the side of their cars. They're like driving on the road and they're like, hey, that one's closed. Come on down here. I know a secret spot if you give me 20 bucks. Yeah, like they were like trying to sabotage each other left and right. Um, so they started blowing up extra areas inside the caverns to, like, make them bigger, better, do different things. Anything to outdo the other person. So luckily they just didn't blow the whole park up. Yeah. Um, in 1926, the park finally becomes authorized to be a national park. And in 1941, it became a national park. So obviously there's a lot that happens between 1920 and 1941. But honestly, it's just a bunch of back and forth money handling ownership yeah stuff it's not anything like exciting um so they got petitioned to be a park and it gets approved hooray so 1950s the current the cave was explored more and more and still continues to be explored today Woo! there you go that's it no i'm just kidding we have the ghost stories now Gossip? I'm gonna read this one because it's like a it's like a story. It's got some and then you can read the next one. Don't read it. Okay, so Gothic Avenue, 1800s, inside the cave system. A miner is alone in Gothic Avenue. He is doing his job when he realizes it's time to be done for the day. Finally. <laughs> He picks up his lantern and his lunchbox and starts his journey through the dark, damp passage. He slowly walks and walks and walks when he figures out he missed his turn. So he turns around and walks and walks and walks. Still not seeing anyone from his group or hearing the sounds of the other men, he realizes he again must have missed his turn and is deeper and deeper down the passage of the mine. He begins to panic. He can't see anything besides his own lantern. He starts to sweat. He can feel his heartbeat. So he begins to run, which makes him even more scared because one false move and he could be hurt or worse, they might never find him. In his panic, he drops his lantern, making it go out, plunging him into complete darkness. All he can hear is a trickle in the background from some dripping water, and he can see nothing, not even his hand in front of his face. When he thinks he is beyond scared, he sees something that scares him even more. Two orange eyes glowing in the distance. 
They had all been told about the folklore of the caves and stories of all that could be lie beneath and all about the unknown. He was scared beyond belief. He started to cry, to pray. He tried to cry out, but at this point was paralyzed with fear as the glowing eyes appeared to move closer and closer. When the eyes of the hell beast were upon him, he had crumbled himself into a, a tight ball, hoping the beast would pass him. And when he felt two large hands grab him, he began to scream in panic, flailing around in the dark. When he recognized a voice, and he slowly started to understand what was in front of him. It was his two mining friends. They had found him, and they were each holding a lantern. <laughs> I know it seems kind of funny, but it's the whole idea of, like, if you lose your lantern... You're dead. Yeah, you you need to pay attention. And if you lose your lantern, yeah, that is... It's death. You might as well just sit down and hope someone comes by the morning. Because you don't know where you're going. Like, it's that dark. Like... It, they're like, you don't understand how dark it is until you stand there in the dark. It's the point where it's just pitch black. Like, you like yeah, understand. you can't see anything. Like, there's nothing. It's kind of like if you have, like, your eyes closed, you can't see anything. It, probably even worse than that. Like, if you like this, your eyes closed, you can see it. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, so do you want to read uh, any of these? Let me see. Oof. <clears throat> We're on this one. TB ghost sightings. Remember the, I don't know, tuberculosis sanitarium. I said colossus <laughs> sanatorium. What an awful disease, let alone being stuck down in a cave. Wait, it, before we go on, do you know what tuberculosis is? No. Okay, so tuberculosis is like a disease you get in your lungs. And it oh yeah basically it's like mucus in your lungs yeah and it like you end up st- you start to end up like coughing up yes, blood and that it- was that um Netflix movie I we watched in oh Netflix. they kind of had that yes okay so anyway go on what an awful disease <laughs> <laughs> let alone being stuck down in a cave and people are parroting oh gosh Brielle. parroting past parading <laughs> it's Pavilion all over again. <laughs> <laughs> past you like you are a show people claim to see ghosts of a tb patient they wander around in their night in their white gowns white nightgowns you know like those you old ladies oh. <laughs> <laughs> um with their skeletal like features and they are extremely pale they say in the passages around the camp area like where it was um yeah. they still linger shuffling along coughing uh, it said you can smell the campfires from their area and the food that they cooked. The guides say they run into their ghosts along the passageways, and it is beyond terrifying. Because they're all, like, frail and, like, in their little, like, white nightgowns, and they're, like, <laughs> coughing up blood. Yeah, baby, I mean, can you imagine a super dark passageway, and you just catch, like, a glimpse of, like, a coffin, like, white nightgown, like, go around, like, a corner? It'd be so scary. Yeah. Like, like nope, not we're good. We don't need to go that way. <laughs> Crazy grandma after you. Oh. Um, Floyd Collins, a.k.a. the Cave Wars Ghost. Um, this is in the Crystal Cave area. Uh, Floyd owned part of this area. So this was that area. They're all like, let's blow it up. Let's let's make it better. Um, and they wanted to expand, obviously. So he brought in a bulldozer and started to get to work. 
but while taking a break, he hopped out of the machine and must not have put the parking brake on, and it bulldozed over him. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, um, right over his legs, uh, basically, like, bangling them like he he couldn't move. Uh, so they had to go find a doctor and bring him, um, bring the doctor in to amputate. But unfortunately, he couldn't get there fast enough. And by the time he got there, the cave was so unstable uh, from all the bulldozing, he just he didn't have time, and the cave collapsed, leaving Floyd badly hurt and alone and unreachable. He died under the rubble, and his father was eventually able to get his body removed and buried properly, which sounds all great because dad sounds like a swell fella. But later, his father sold the land Floyd was buried on. Like, it's your kid. Like, I mean, he's not a kid, but you know what I mean. And this guy who bought it dug up Floyd's body and displayed it for all to see as a tourist attraction. Because everyone needs their own dead body, obviously. Um, And then somebody stole Floyd's body from the tourist attraction. Dude. And then they just found it in some random field. Finally, by 1961, Floyd's section of the cave was closed off to the public and was finally, he was finally properly laid to rest in 1989. Guides and guests of the cave uh, claimed to hear yelling uh, from Floyd, begging for help from under the rubble, coughing from the dust, crying. They see him wandering around the areas that connect to the place that he died. I'm like, that's so sad. <laughs> Poor Floyd. Yeah. All right, you can read the next one. Which one are we at? Melissa and Mr. Beverly. Melissa and Mr. Beverly. There's a story of a woman named Melissa who lived near the cave. She fell in love with her tutor. Whoa! Whose name was Mr. Beverly, if you can guess. It's a fancy way to spell Beverly, too. I know, it's like Beverly. Beverly. She loved the cave. She loved the caves and thought he might like them, too. So she brought him to check him out. Isn't he a tutor? Yep. Oh! Like a teacher. Like a private teacher. Oh, okay. While there, she professed her love, while Mr. Beverly did not approve or return her feelings, so she ran off on him. Mr. Beverly was unfamiliar with the caves and couldn't find his way out. It's said that he got lost and died somewhere within the cave system. People claimed to see a well-dressed man wandering around the passages, asking people if they know how to find an exit. And Melissa can be seen wandering around the outside of the entrance crying. Yeah, you did that, girl. I did it. <laughs> well, not you. No, <laughs> I meant Melissa. <laughs> oh. Like, yeah, you did that to him, girl. You're like, yeah, I did. <laughs> do you want to do the next one? No. Okay, the chief city room. In the chief city room, there is an extra tour guide who likes to pop in. He stands up on top of what they call Sacrifice Rock, which is no longer allowed on the tours. Like, you can't stand up there. Um, but he is said to be wearing a drop hat, which, um, how do I explain what that is? It's kind of like, like a, I don't know, like old-timey hat. You ever see, like, the pictures of the people eating, like, um, a piece of wheat? And he's, yeah. like, lounging on, like a, like, a fence post, and he's got, like, a little, yeah. it's kind of like that. Um, okay, hold on. Okay, drop hat. Long sleeve cotton shirt and denim pants with suspenders. They said this is very similar to the outfits that the slave guides would have worn on their tours. Whoa. Yeah. And we also have the Phantom Miner, 
Um, when one ranger was giving a tour, she was standing in an open room with her arm, like, stretched out, like, hey, walk through this passage. You're like, like, yeah. go through here. And so she was waiting for every, she knew, like, the next passage was just, like, another big open cavern. So she was like, I want to make sure everyone goes through, so I want to be the last person. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Okay. Uh, so she's like, hey, go on through here. And, uh, when she turns around to just double check, make sure everybody went through, standing there face to face was an African-American man wearing a cotton shirt, suspenders, and denim pants. And then when she like, you know, like the double take thing. So when she looked back again, like, wait, I did see somebody like, what did I just see? He was gone. She could have just ran away. I don't think so. Spooky. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the blackout, which is like what I told you about how you turn off all the lights. So yes. on the tour, they do a blackout where all the guides turn off their lights, all the electricity in the room gets turned off, just so you can see and understand, like, how crazy dark it is. This is, like, a thing that they do on the tour. Um, they say during this time, people and guides have reported being pushed, pulled on, scratched, grabbed. They hear whispers, footsteps, cries, yelling, um, the different bangings of, like, equipment or like metal like you know like as if someone was like mining like pick 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 they say it's unexplainable how many times in different tours at different times of the day like have this occurrence Weird. um but during one of these blackout demonstrations ranger larry purcell i think is how you say it um was assisting during one of these blackouts because like this is like kind of the beginning of the tour so they all kind of help each other out you know what i mean like getting everyone in the room and and they turn the lights off so i want to make sure there's enough hands on deck in case someone freaks out and like panics. so anyway he was there helping and he noticed an african-american family standing like across the way but like separate from the group like he could tell there was a good distance between them and the major group which he thought that was weird because he didn't remember seeing an african-american family of like five or six come in with this group and he was like it was just odd. Like, they weren't there before, and then they were there. Uh, so he did a double check. He Because when they turned the lights back on, they were gone. He went back to the passage. He checked the tickets. He looked at the, the videos. Like, he's like, they weren't there. Um, but, uh, and no family met the description. They never came off the thing. Um, he's like, I would have remembered. He's like, it was just so weird. Uh Except um, that this chamber that they were standing in was actually called the Methodist Church Chamber. And uh, it was called that because they would hold mat- like Methodist Church services there and is still named that today. Uh, the African-American families would have been made to stand in the back away from the white families during the services. Sad. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it is. But I'm saying like that would explain like their gap, like why they didn't think they were allowed to go over there yeah so they were just recreating like a moment in time of like well this is where we stand yeah it's totally sad i think it's stupid but yeah just trying to give an explanation as to why they would have had a buffer and they would have seemed comfortable doing that they already talked okay so that's (laughs) that's the end of my ghost stories obviously i'm sure there's more but i think they try to keep them under wraps because there's tons of tours you can go take yeah. So I'm sure there's a ton they try not to like put out on the internet or have out there. So did you like it? Mm-hmm. That one was actually pretty good. Um, so a little more on Stephen Bishop, just because he's our honorable mention this month for Black History Month so far. Um, he was born into slavery in 1821. His owner when he was born in was Lowry Bishop of Barron County. 
Um, which it's rumored that he might actually have been Lowry Bishop's biological son that he had with one of his slaves. Um, because it said, uh, like right after Stephen was born, that Mr. Lowry's wife filed for divorce, which was like a huge, like, oh my God moment back then. <laughs> like that doesn't happen. So, um, because of the divorce, he fell on hardships and he had to give Stephen to his lawyer to help pay for the fees. Um, so that lawyer was Frank Gorin, which he was the one who bought the rights to the cave system and had Stephen become a guide in the first place. Yeah. Um, and then from 1840 to 18, the 1840s through the 1850s, Stephen made huge advancements in the mapping of the cave system, making huge discoveries for the cave system in like the entire region. Uh, Stephen married Charlotte, who was also a slave and worked at the estate. Um, she worked for the tours. She he met her at a, a chance. Like he just happened to be there delivering something, and it was like a like love at first sight moment. Yeah. And they were like, of course you can marry her. And she moved with him to uh, the tour area. And he actually discovered a, a cave that had like glowing. I don't know if it was like algae or like a mineral. And then like he brought her there, and he named it Charlotte's Cave after her because he said it was so beautiful. Um, Stephen died at the age of 37 from a mysterious causes and then was buried in front of Mammoth Cave. Uh, for his efforts and valor, Mr. Mellon, I didn't find out who he was, but Mr. Mellon sent a headstone, um, to Charlotte for Stephen because, you know, they didn't have money for one, but it was like, it took forever. Like, I'm talking like, I think like two years later, they finally got it and, it was someone else's headstone, like, that they, like, chiseled the name out. Like, you could tell it was there, and they, like, chiseled it out, and then, like, like scratch, and then wrote his name and scratched out the dates and put the date, the dates in. Like, I'll, I'll get that one. But, I mean, I guess, well, I guess it was nice enough for him to send one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's Steven. I mean, he, like I said, he mapped out. He did, he did a really good job. I mean, Claps. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, did you you liked it? You said. Mm-hmm. What should we? What should we do next week? I don't know. We gotta keep a secret, like you know. Okay, we'll talk about it off the thing. Let's see. It's a short week. It's uh, what is it? Presidents Day weekend. I don't know. I know we're we're loopy because we're our days are all. It feels like Sunday, so we weren't ready, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, it's Monday. Because the kids had, you guys had off, what, since last Thursday for, like, midwinter break, so. Yeah. It's, we were not, I was not mentally prepared. Thankfully, I'd already written this. Well. Well. We're not very lively tonight. (laughs) All right, well. I already said that. Oh. You did say, you said we just want to say thank you to Steve, Stephen. Steven. I think, I don't know. I guess I don't know if it's Steven or Steph. We'll have to take the tour and find out. Yep. We're way out in Kentucky. Yeah. It's not that far. Isn't Kentucky where they, where we got Wendy's? Yeah. And oh my gosh. Put, we won't go to Wendy's. Yeah, Kentucky. <laughs> they put ketchup on my burger. I hate ketchup. And I ask for no ketchup. Like I said, we won't go to Wendy's in Kentucky. See what's better, Kentucky or Kansas. You've never been to Kansas. I know. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys next week. I've been to Virginia.
Yes. Okay. Just um, say bye. 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 And now for Ren's joke of the day. Why did the old man fall down the well? Why, Ren? Because he couldn't see that well. Oh, because he couldn't see that well? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs>